Schools School Counselor. Welcome back to the School for School Counselors podcast. I'm Steph Johnson, your host. So glad to be back with you for another week of school counselor education, empowerment, and a means to advocacy, right? Because the more you know, the more expertise you're going to develop, the more clout you're going to develop with your administrators on campus. And that's what this is all about. This week, we're going to jump into the an ongoing debate over implementing character education versus social-emotional learning. This is a topic that sparked some heated discussions back in the past and some very passionate opinions on both sides. But it's also one that's become particularly relevant again in light of Florida's new resiliency education standards. Now, if you caught the podcast episode that we released last week, episode number 42, it talked a lot about Florida's new standards, what the changes look to be looking like over there in that state, and how school counselors have been overlooked in those plans. They're not being given the spotlight that they deserve in social and emotional interventions, and they're kind of being encroached upon, it feels like, by some layperson resiliency coaches. It's something that we're watching closely, something that we're interested in seeing unfold, and something that we're interested in getting a little bit louder about with advocacy. The added concern in all of this is that Florida school counselors weren't really consulted in the development of this new curriculum. Uh, It's now being mandated in all Florida schools, as well as the fact that the state government removed the requirement of five hours of mental health training for all Florida students so that they would have time to access this new resiliency education curriculum. So according to the school counselors that we know that work and live in Florida and are a little bit more on top of the situation, they're describing it as just a big, giant mess. And so we're watching this unfold. We're analyzing what it means for the school counseling field in that state. And we've been having a lot of discussions in our School for School Counselors Mastermind group about character education, about social-emotional learning, and about whether or not these two can coexist. Do you have to have one or the other? Which one is most effective for students? Which one is going to show the most positive growth? So we're going to jump into that this week in this podcast episode. We're going to try to untangle the delicate dance between character education and social-emotional learning. So as we begin the discussion, let's talk about the different arguments for each side. You know, everybody always just kind of wants to pick a side in a debate, right? And then we just want to sit there. We see it as a win-lose proposition. And so on one side, we have folks that really emphasize character education. They argue that character education is the best way to promote positive behavior and academic achievement because it instills values like respect, responsibility, and integrity. The other side doesn't agree with that. They think that SEL, social-emotional learning, is the more effective approach because it promotes mental health and well-being by developing skills instead of values. Skills can translate 
like self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship skills. So in a way, those two ideas are related, but they're also pretty different, right? They're distinct. So let's dive a little bit more into the differences between character education and social-emotional learning just to make sure we have all of our bases covered. Character education is a deliberate effort to instill virtues or to instill character traits in students. So it involves explicitly teaching values like honesty, respect, responsibility, compassion, through the implementation of lessons, through discussions, and through modeling by teachers and staff. The goal here in character education is to help students develop a strong sense of morality and a strong sense of character that guides their behavior and decision-making in school and throughout their lives. Social-emotional learning has a little bit of a different take. SEL is a broader approach. It focuses on developing students' emotional intelligence as well as their social skills. And the aim here is to help students understand and manage their own emotions. In contrast to character education, where we're really just trying to deliberately impart values or character traits, social-emotional learning is trying to help students understand and manage their own emotions. It's also trying to help students navigate social relationships and situations effectively through teaching skills like empathy, communication, problem-solving, and conflict resolution through different kinds of activities and interventions. I think the difference here is we're trying to provide students an understanding through SEL of where their feelings come from and what they do with them once they're there. Character education is a more prescriptive approach to social well-being where we're imparting values or virtues for students. So to look at it another way, character education is more of a top-down approach, right? Teachers, administrators, even uh, maybe school counselors, if you work in Florida, are going to be tasked with imparting values to students. They're going to be telling students what values are important to have and what's essential in being a good citizen. SEL is more focused on developing that general emotional and social competency, and it's more of a collaborative approach. It's more student-centered, and it empowers students to develop their own emotional and social skills. They're not being told explicitly what to believe or how to be. They're being allowed to discover that for themselves to a certain extent. So, man, I mean, as you listen to that as school counselors, I can probably make a pretty good guess about which side of the fence you're standing on right now. And I think it's important to remember that even though we do feel like we should pick a side, the truth between two extremes or two opposites often lies in the middle ground. I think you can agree with me on that, right? If you've ever sat down and talked with feuding students, you know, rarely is one side completely the winner or completely in the right. It's usually somewhere in the middle. 
So let's talk about some different scenarios where you might want to employ character education versus some different scenarios where you might prefer social-emotional learning. So SEL may be more effective than character education when students are struggling with emotional or behavioral challenges. If students are experiencing some significant challenges with emotions or with their behavior, these SEL programs are designed to help students develop the skills and strategies they need to manage it, to be able to handle their stress, to be able to manage their anxiety, and to be able to interact positively with others throughout these experiences. An SEL program can be more effective than character education in these situations because it helps students develop the tools that they need. Another example of when we might want to look toward the SEL route of things is when the school culture is not supportive of character education. In some cases, schools may not have a strong culture of values. They may not have a strong culture of right and wrong. They may not have a strong culture of buy-in from the staff. So if that's the case and the campus attempts to implement character education, students are going to get confused. (laughs) They're going to become disenchanted with the whole idea because they're like, you know, I know you're telling me to speak with respect, but I don't hear you talking to your colleagues with respect in the hallways, right? I don't hear you talking to my classmates with respect, and students aren't going to want to have any part of that. They're going to see the teacher as being hypocritical or maybe lacking integrity, and then that's going to affect their trust. It's just this huge line of dominoes that start to fall if the teacher's behavior is in direct conflict with the character education program. And ultimately, it's going to undermine the teacher's authority to effectively manage the classroom. Kids are not going to listen because, man, they have a radar for when you're not being honest with them. They're not stupid. They know. And so in cases like that, a social-emotional learning program may be more effective because it's less dependent on a specific set of values or beliefs. So if you're going to impart a character education program, you've really got to have some buy-in with your staff. And this is going to be an interesting point to watch as Florida implements their new resiliency education curriculum. Are they going to be able to get the buy-in from their school staffs that they need to make it a success? Social-emotional learning may also be more effective when it's addressing specific problems or specific issues. If you're facing concerns with bullying, substance abuse, high levels of test anxiety, high levels of student stress, those kinds of things, an SEL program that focuses on developing specific skills for those concerns may be more effective than a general education program. But it's worth noting that these two types of programs are not mutually exclusive, and a lot of school districts will use both in tandem to promote the well-being and success of their students. So knowing that, then let's talk about the flip side. When might character education be more effective than social-emotional learning? First, it may be more effective or more advantageous when the focus is on developing specific character traits. If the campus really wants to focus on specific traits like leadership, perseverance, empathy, 
those kinds of things, they can be more laser targeted and directly addressed through a character education program. And if you need a shared language or a framework on your campus, this reminds me a lot of the idea of PBIS campuses, right? Positive behavior interventions and supports. PBIS campuses have shared frameworks and shared language on campuses. But if you don't have PBIS and you don't want to implement something like that, you might want to look to a character education program. That way you could have shared language, you could have a shared framework that allows students and staff to describe what's going on and to promote positive character traits. It's going to create a shared understanding for everybody, and it's going to be consistent across the school. Character education programs are also helpful when there's a need for a strong emphasis on moral values, because character education programs prioritize the teaching of moral values. So if the community, if a school places a high value on these kinds of traits, then the character education route might be more effective than an SEL program. I'm thinking particularly as I'm talking about private schools, right? Uh, Religious schools would really be probably more interested in a character education program to start. So now that we have an understanding of character education programs versus social-emotional learning, and sort of their core differences, as well as their similarities, we need to talk about what are the essential components that are needed for the success of either program. Because no matter which one you select, or which one is selected for you, right, because we're not often at liberty to select our own programs, we need to make sure that we have the essential components in place to make either one effective for students. So what are the essential components? Number one, creating a positive school climate that values diversity and inclusion. I think we can all agree that this goal is paramount across all of our school campuses. I will give you one caveat on that one, however. I think when we're talking character education, we're talking morals and values, it is very, very easy to discount the unique needs and experiences of students from historically marginalized communities. If we're emphasizing things like personal responsibility, virtues, and values, we may begin overlooking some broader systemic factors that contribute to students' social and emotional well-being. We may not be adequately addressing factors like poverty, racism, discrimination, And that's a very, very real concern with character education programs. So whatever route you're required to go down, whatever road you're traveling, make sure that you're being mindful and intentional about creating a positive school climate that values diversity, that values inclusion, and that values the experience of each of your students. That's essential component number one. Essential component number two is providing professional development for teachers to effectively teach and model skills, whether those are the character education traits and values, whether those are resiliency skills, 
or whether those are targeted towards social-emotional skills specifically, we've got to be able to make sure that teachers understand them, that teachers are not only able to generalize those skills, but to internalize them, to really buy into them and live by them so that they can effectively teach them and model them throughout the day. Essential component number three is involving parents and families. In these processes, man, we need their voices. We need their feedback. We need their buy-in to be able to help students fulfill and realize their best selves and futures, right? And so we've got to make sure we're involving parents and families in the process as much as we possibly can. I know many of you are in situations where you can't get a lot of buy-in from families and parents. It's difficult to make a connection and even be able to communicate. But the important thing here, I think, is to do the best that we can. To keep giving the concerted effort, to keep trying and doing our best in an effort to keep that door open, just in case somebody decides they want to walk through. The fourth essential component to character education or social-emotional learning programs is evaluating the effectiveness of the program through data collection and data analysis. You've heard me talk about this at length. We have an entire data-driven cohort inside of our School for School Counselors Mastermind. Lots of folks in there seeking to learn and better their craft in data collection, data analysis, determining what the data on their campus is telling them, and deciding what to do with it next. And we've got to make sure that as modern day school counselors, we're keeping that eye toward data-driven school counseling programs. It's super important for so many reasons, but this is definitely one of them. We want to make sure that what we are presenting is effective. And as a side note, I think that's one of the concerns with regard to Florida's new resiliency education program. That program is new. And the curriculum guiding it is brand new. There is limited research on its effectiveness. There has been no ongoing evaluation, no monitoring of the program's outcomes, and no trials as far as I've been able to find. So it's going to be important for the state to determine the effectiveness of this new curriculum, as well as identifying areas for improvement. It's reported to include evidence-based practices. Uh, They cite cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness-based stress reduction, and positive psychology. But to be quite honest with you, (laughs) those are three labels that you could apply to pretty much anything. And also, when we're employing non-mental health personnel to distribute that information or to impart those skills, it loses a lot of effectiveness. And so, again, that's something we're going to want to keep our eye toward. You really want to be collecting this data if you're a Florida school counselor. And if you're leery of this new curriculum, put your money where your mouth is. Start collecting that data. Compile those numbers and stats so that you're able to effectively advocate whether the program works or it doesn't work you'll be able to let the numbers talk for you instead of looking like you're holding some sort of crazy grudge or something like that, right? And I know you're not, but I know a lot of times that's how our leaders and lawmakers see that, right? So we want to avoid that debate 
if at all possible. All right, my friends, so that's just kind of a dive into character education versus social-emotional learning, character education, looking at the development of specific virtues that are taught in a structured way, and social-emotional learning, focusing on the development of emotional intelligence and developing skills for success in school and in life. Man, oh man, with this push in social-emotional learning in the past five, six years, I'm really surprised that we're even having this conversation. I know I'm going to be watching this situation keenly to see how it plays out because I have a feeling we're going to see a few surprises in all of this. So you stay with me. Keep your eyes and ears open, too. We'll collaborate. We'll talk about it as it unfolds, and we'll see what happens. And in the meantime, if this conversation has been really interesting to you, if you're one of those folks that's really interested in the backside of the school counseling field, the ins and outs of the advocacy of your skills and how they play into your programs, if you love geeking out on school counseling, come join us in the School for School Counselors Mastermind. Unlike other school counselor programs, we meet every single week because we want to collaborate with one another. We want to support and inspire one another. And y'all, once a month ain't going to do it, my friends. It's just not. Um, You would be surprised at the power of this community, and we've saved you a seat. Head on over to schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash mastermind. You can get all the information there. And if you would indulge me just one more minute, I want to remind you, if you're listening to this podcast episode close to the date of release, we're holding our Get the Job Boot Camp coming up this week. We're going to be deep diving into all the major components of your job search preparation, the things that you need to do to put your best foot forward in your school counseling interview, and we're going to have it condensed and laser targeted, ready to go in four nights. It's going to be an amazing experience. If you're looking to prep for your school counseling interview and you're second guessing what you've prepped so far, you're thinking, oh my gosh, have I done enough? Have I done it right? Do I have the right things in place? I'm really not sure. Or if you've been listening to some other folks on the internet trying to get you prepped for your interview and you're feeling like there are just some things you're missing, (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you, you probably are. We've developed the most comprehensive program for school counselor interview prep. And I'm not afraid to say that. I would stake my reputation on it. So go check it out. Schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash bootcamp, all one word. Go check it out. See what's part of that boot camp and then sign up and join us. It's going to be four nights of live meetings all together, getting to know one another. And I'm telling you now, we've made lifelong friends and have established some lifelong professional relationships through our boot camps. They are a complete hoot. We love every minute we're there together, and you will too. Schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash bootcamp. All right, my friend, that's all I have for you in this episode. I hope you have the best week coming up. And as always, if you need anything, hop in our School for School Counselors Facebook group. We'd love to help answer your questions give you ideas, and support you through this crazy, amazing journey of school counseling. Take care, and I'll see you again with the next episode. Bye-bye.